Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This podcast with author Don Green about Napoleon Hill's new book, Success, Discover the Path to Riches, is brought to you by Jane Call, the author of a new book entitled WTF, What Am I Thinking? Please listen to podcast number 788, where Greg and Jane speak about the differences between attachment thinking and reflective thinking and sustaining a state of autonomy. Jane has created a process called WTF that's designed to move you from your automatic repetitive attachment thinking process to one that gets you to think about the negative thoughts that you're repetitively thinking and change to a reflective thinking process which helps you to find who you really are and become free again. If you want to learn more about Jane Call and her new book called WTF? What Am I Thinking? Please go to www.janecull.com where you can learn more about the books that she has written and her online courses. I hope you enjoy podcast number 788 with author Jane Call about her book, WTF. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice and the host of Inside Personal Growth. And I have what I would consider a very good friend and person that I've known for quite some time on the line, Don Green, the executive director of the Napoleon Hill Foundation. And he's joining us from Wise, Virginia. Don, good day to you. How are you doing? Great. Great, Greg. We've uh, truly been blessed. Uh, you know, I thought about when this fire thing is one of, one of Napoleon Hill's um, all-time um, best quotes, I think, is, from every adversity, there's a seed of a equal or greater benefit. In other words, we have to think in a little different manner, and we're the only animal out there that thinks. And uh, uh, so we can't travel as much. Uh, we can't uh, be in large crowds. We can't do the seminars. Uh, we can't uh, we can't uh, attend the large large events and so forth. But that doesn't mean that we can't do anything with no. social media. We're gonna we're gonna do it, Don, and we're going to do it about your new little book here called Discovering the Path to Riches. Don and I were just talking about it. Success, wonderful size book, a great little thing for a graduation or Father's Day or anything for anyone who's listening. And Don, I want to let our listeners know a tad about you because you know Napoleon Hill always gets the accolades, but you're the one running this foundation, and you do just a phenomenal job of it. And Don is a flagrant American business entrepreneur, having built successful savings bank, real estate enterprise, and a host of other small and successful businesses in Southwestern Virginia prior to his career here at Napoleon Hill Foundation. Don is the CEO of Napoleon Hill Foundation, where he energizes the work of the famed author with a host of new books by noted authors demonstrating how the principles of the late Uh, Mr. Hill, work to advance the individual and networks and others around the globe. He's demonstrated unique determination to expand uh, Mr. Hill's um, motivational work worldwide. Don is really the evangelist of the Think and Grow Rich series. As I said, Don is a new global social entrepreneur. He's become one of the leading evangelists of entrepreneur self-help through the proper utilization of uh, Mr. Hill's Keys to Success and Think and Grow Rich. Um, 
So Don, you are definitely the one that's holding this all together. And this new little book uh, is just, it's wonderful. It's uh, packed full. And I want to let our listeners know too, Don is not new to our show. Um, he was on podcast 642, 651, and 680. And we're going to put links to that in the blog for all of you. 642 you might want to go to is the path to personal power. 651 was how to own your own mind. And 680 was wishes won't bring you riches. And this book is in the same line, but the timing with the pandemic is personal, personally good. And Don, that's where I want to start this. You know, as you wrote the introduction to this little book that we're talking about, Discovering the Path to Riches, you noted in there that Think and Grow Rich was published in 1937 when people were experiencing uh, the Great Depression. Now, there's been talk that that's where we're headed. What advice do you have for individuals who are experiencing challenging, which there's lots of them out there that are listening, around this pandemic? And would you advise them regarding, let's not just say negative thinking, but let's just say the fear that they have, the trepidation they have, they don't know where things might be. And Napoleon Hill was always about building your riches. So what advice would you give them? Well, I used to sit, I used to sit beside a Mr. Stone, W. Clement Stone. Uh, he read the book in 1937. Of course, you know his story. He started off with $100. and He ended up, I guess he was a billionaire. He'd give away somewhere around $400 million by the time he died. And I remember a lesson <clears throat> he gave us once. You, you know, if you're, you can't think it out. If you have something bothering you, you cannot think it out. Because the more you concentrate on it, the deeper it gets. And our, But our mind can't hold but one thought. It cannot hold negative and positive thoughts at the same time. So we have to replace it with something other, some activity, and uh, to move us away from that negative uh, state of mind. And it's uh, and I guess the word is action. The word action appears in Think and Grow. It's 77 times. But also the word fear appears in Think and Grow. It's 73 times the word fear. Fear is, and he, he, wrote a, he wrote a chapter on the six ghosts of fears. And people have a fear of, of poverty, the fear of illness, the fear of death, fear of criticism, and so forth. It, they can let it mobilize them until they, they just become frozen. And... Uh, it, uh, it's it's really a de- detriment to their success. They've got to get onto something or another that they have a passion about that will replace that. If it's nothing but going out and mowing the yard, uh, doing some activity uh, to take their mind off of it. I did a we did a, a thing of fundraising in uh, Malaysia. It was years ago, maybe. 15 years, I don't really know the year they had the Tusami. There were over 200,000 uh, people died. And um, we did a fundraising, and and uh, I talked to a guy. I don't, he was one of the speakers, and I do not recall where he was a, where he was a psychiatrist or a psychologist. But anyway, he told me something or another. I had conversation with him. He said he had never been treated people that was in a state of depression that was heavily involved in helping other people 
or was had a passion about some cause. In other words, something that would get their mind off of what their problem was and 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 be involved in something else. It would take it would take their mind off of their troubles. And uh, I think that's uh, that's very important because um, get get up and moving and being involved in something or another, I think um, is if he is a solution, that's it. That's great advice. That's great advice for our listeners is just do something because if you allow this to immobilize you and freeze you, and the more you think about it, the deeper you go down the path, uh, the harder it is. So go do something. And I even say, even if it's just volunteering at this time, go out and volunteer your services at the food bank. We've got a huge food bank here. Um, They're looking for people. And so those kind of things where you give back is important. And I think that one piece of advice, Don, is really, really good at this time. Now, in the book, you mentioned that Napoleon Hill wrote The Laws of Success in 1928, uh, that, that it were some of the weaknesses that he pointed out that inhabit us from being successful. What are some of those weaknesses that he pointed out in even 1928 that are still as impactful today um, that that you pointed out in this book that are inhibiting people from being successful? Well, the law of success wasn't his first venture, though it was the it was the first it was the first books uh, he had written. Um, he had written newspaper articles and done interviews and and done. Uh, cub reporting, uh, a lot of things that people don't under, don't know about. For example, we have the newspaper clipping. He covered the Wright brothers' flight. Um, we have that clipping. It says he was working for a Washington newspaper, and it said uh, uh, to the effect, a young cub reporter by the name of uh, Napoleon Hill uh, covered, covered their flight. And uh, I remember a comment he made later. He said... Uh, there was an old farmer there, and he said, uh, that thing won't fly. He said, if God wanted a man to fly, he would give him wings. Uh, you know, and we can get so set in our thinking that we are not receptive to other something else. Uh, for example, if we're hung up on fear, we're not, we're not receptive to what we could, uh, what we could, uh, what we could do about it. And of course, when he did Law of Success, a uh, massive book, um, well, actually, we have the manuscript, but when it was published, it was published as an eight-volume listing two principles in each book. Uh, in a sense, it was kind of hurriedly written, was uh, basically unedited, and uh, but he had a lot of advice in it. Uh, he had started a magazine in January 1919, was the first issue of golden rules said he had the idea on armistice day when the war ended world war one ended and he got his first issue out in 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 january and so he he was so uh, he'd written it was unbelievable amount of material uh, greg when i started the foundation in the year 2000 this is my 20th year i look i was reviewing the old reports because we we're working on the report for the uh, board members they only had foundation only had 16 books in print. And today 
I've not actually counted them, but I'm sure it's it's approaching 100. And what we've done was, you know, he had radio programs. Golly, he had a he had a weekly program in Jackson, Mississippi. He had one in Paris, Missouri. He had one for a long, long time in California with Warner Brothers. And we have the recordings of those. Uh, we have the recordings and we have the uh, print. And uh, we've we've turned those into uh, into into books. He had a TV program once in Chicago, and we have that's the material you see a lot on YouTube. Uh, but uh, and we still have material. In August, I picked up the material from his late wife, Annie Lou. Died in 1984. They had been married for 27 years. She really put him on the on the <laughs> on the right road. He had a lot of favorites in his life, but but um, uh, in '43 when they when they married, and she died in '84, and all of her personal collections. It was in storage until last August. Her nephew was Dr. Charlie Johnson, uh, who was our chairman of the board, and he passed away in August. And uh, I made arrangements to uh, go down with the relatives and pick up any of his material. And it was unbelievable. The material was there. Uh, these, these book material there, these personal items, for example, he met her in 1941 when he was teaching a class at Presbyterian College in Clinton, South Carolina. And she was 47, never married, but she was a good-looking woman. She'd just been particular. She had 29 years on the same job and was uh, working for a publisher. And he gave her a Think and Grow Rich, a 1940 publication date in 41, and he signed it. And listed all of her attributes, and then he signed it again in 1943, December 23rd, 1943. This was the day before their marriage, and he he remarked, "You had the book, and now you have the author, Napoleon Hill." December 23rd, 1943. I've seen lots and lots and lots, and probably got a couple hundred books with Hill. That's the only one I've ever seen that he. Uh, Signed twice, but she had so many things. Her, she had. There's uh, one I'm working on. It was seven speeches. He made seventy seven Mondays in a row with a. Uh, he called it the Monday Morning Club. That he spoke to an audience, and uh, they were all they were all typed up, and they were done a week apart. They were even the cancel checks that any Lou signed, dated forty seven. At the same time, one check made out to a stenographer. One made out to the place they rented a space from, and one made out to the uh, radio announcer who was a commentator uh, for Hills uh, Hills Talks. So we got blessed to work with so much material that we can continue yeah. make available well, to the public. The foundation is certainly uh, procreated not only the material, but with your leadership over the last twenty years, been able, like you said, maybe close to a hundred books, and I think. There's so much of that, whether it's audio or video that you see on YouTube, or we're going to tell the people that they can go to um, the naphill.org. That's N-A-P-H-I-L-L.org to find lots of this content as well. And, you know, in this little book that you've just put out, which I call it a little book, it's kind of a handheld book. We were just talking about the size and how it is. Napoleon Hill 
spoke about controlling attention and the combination of principles that produce miraculous results such as definiteness of purpose. Sorry, I messed that up. Uh, self-disciplined, controlled attention, imagination, and applied faith. These have a recurring theme in many of the books and throughout Hill's work. Can you speak with the audience about the principles and the importance that they meant to Hill and also to you as a person? I mean, uh, you're a living example of uh, living Napoleon Hill's work. Yeah, Greg, I'd be glad to. I get the question lots and lots of times. I read, they'll say, I read Thinking Grow Rich. Why should I read anything else? Well, I don't know about you, but uh, me, I I learned my ABCs and my multiplication by repeating them. And uh, if we repeat something another enough times, it becomes a part of our subconscious. And and so that's, that's the reason I remember doing a fundraising at a Christian college with Zig Ziglar. And I love Zig. Got a picture hanging on the wall. It was December 2003. Somebody who made a picture and sent it to me and says, he says, Don, God loves you, and I do too. And and he dated it. He said, you don't just take a bath one time and say, well, done that. Won't have to do that no more. And, you know, he could say it in in an entertaining way. So I think education and when I say education, I say this material, self-help, motivational, whatever you want to call it. It's kind of like a, a bridge. I, I tell the students, is think of it as a bridge. It will help you get from where you are to where you would like to be. And it's just that simple because you read a book and go back and read it again. It's not that the material has changed, but we've changed. Because you've had conversation with all these other authors, and then if you read a book, and then you even read the same book five years later, you'll see things in it will mean something to you that you didn't pick up the first time. So I don't know. I admire people can read one something other one time and they can put it all in effect. I'm not that. I don't claim to be that. I don't claim to right. be that, that smart. Well, I think the people that follow my show, Don. Are are they are involved in not only personal growth but the mastery of this contract concept? And I think um, that's the important point: is mastery, right? Um, and it takes like anything, whether you're going to play tennis or you're going to ride a bike or you're going to, you know, whatever. You don't just do it once, like you've said. You're trying to get good at it. You keep doing it over and over and over again because you enjoy it. I think the most important point is, is that people enjoy this. Um, and I, and I enjoy speaking with you because you've got so much knowledge around just Napoleon Hill and the content. And one of the things that, you know, was stated in this little book, discovering the path, uh, to riches success was this concept of time and human relationships. And they're the two most important realities in life. That's what the book says. And there's a story about Dr. Elmer Gates in the book. And I was wondering if if you remember this story, if you could tell the listeners the story and its relationship to time and relationships, because it was a good little story that was in the book. Um, yeah, the, the, the stories, you know, 
we remember we remember the stories. Uh, you know, you might forget a lot of the advice, but you'll remember the stories. For example, I was listening to an audio of my book when I was in a car going to a place. Believe it or not, it's the audio I had not listened to. And I told a story of a guy that hired me in the banking business. And uh, we're talking about we're talking about books. And he said in his conversation with me that when he is in seventh grade, he tested uh, he tested him. He tests a fifth grade. OK, not too good. And so but he had a seventh grade teacher that told him that uh, she would give him books to read. They had to make a two page report and she'd put a star by their name. And at the end of the year, uh, they would get re- they would get recognized. And he started reading. Now, he was on a fifth grade level and he's in a seventh grade at the end of the year. No one else even approached him. And I won't mention this guy's name because he's a mentor, but he hired me in the banking business. And I can't imagine where he would have been today because his dad was a coal miner. Uh, and uh, he'd have been without that teacher that encouraged him to read. Right. Because he, he went on to college and he, he founded a bank when he was 29 years old. And I won't tell you what he's worth or anything. He's a very private person. But he hired me in the banking business in 1975. He called me I was manager of finance office. He started a new bank, and actually it was in trouble. It was under cease and desist orders because they had set up no collection department. It was one year old, and they had just made loans uh, just without thinking. And uh, I, inter- I interviewed on a weekend. I told him I couldn't take off from the job, and he said I'd marry you for that. And I remember what he said. This was 1975, which is 45 years ago. He said, Don, you know, if you do a little extra one day, said it probably won't matter. He said, you do a little extra for a week, it probably won't matter. But he said, if you continue to do that throughout your life, said one day you're going to be the success most of the world just dreams about. Mm-hmm. I remember that conversation just like it was 10 minutes ago. Of course, he's a mentor. He's a donor to the foundation, and he supports me tremendously. If I do a book signing or I'm speaking, He'll show up, and I said he's a very private, he's a very private person, but I have such a wonderful relation with him. I can send somebody to him, and he will give him a job on my say so. He'll make a place for him, and uh, he has manufacturing plants in several foreign countries. He's in so many varied things, and I remember doing a book signing at Books of Me, and him and his wife showed up. Uh, he he's a child; she was his college sweetheart the daughter of a professor, and she said, most people have hobbies. And she said, my husband's hobbies like yours. It seems to be work. But, you know, if you jo- enjoy what you're doing, it's not really work. Right. And just a chance to have a positive effect with a story to one person or something or another, it's, it, it just makes you feel good. And it'll be reflected in a book, which we wasn't going to discuss today, but I did with Jim Stovall which called The Gift of Giving, which was up as a pre-order, will be out in September. But I think it's a, it's just a blessing to be able to turn back and to help someone and not be expecting anything in return. I think that's what we were put here to do. We were put here to help one another. Well, and it, it does reflect human relationships. Let's face it, the relationship you built with him uh, is it's a forever relationship. And also 
It also speaks about the effects of time. You know, where you decide to choose to spend your time, that's the most precious resource that we have. Um, that's all that we've got. And, you know, the other thing you you articulated in this little book, Discovering the Path to Riches Success, is this concept of teamwork. And Don, in the chapter on teamwork, you say that teamwork is is the success of a nation. And obviously, we're seeing that now. Can you comment on teamwork as we've seen playing out as a result of the, this recent pandemic and how that will have a result on I call unifying and uniting our country versus, you know, having the opposite effect of dividing us. But this has been the greatest time for teamwork. How important is that teamwork, Don? Well, it's, it's, it's absolutely. Uh, you know, I guess it was Nietzsche, the German philosopher said, those things that don't kill us makes us stronger. So, you know, it would be real easy to accept defeat in this and say, uh, there's not any jobs or, or, or whatever. It's just going to make us think in some different manner. And, uh, I think we'll come back stronger. We may do different, different, uh, things, but, uh, in every adversity is an opportunity. And, uh, and uh, you can look at it that way as a, as an opportunity or as a, as a something or another to make you quit. And of course, we go on and on and on about that throughout the philosophy, uh, to, that people look at and a failure as as a as a failure give them reason to quit the proper way to look at a failure is it's a lesson i got to do things different i got to you know i got to approach it in a different manner i got to make different plans i got to get someone to assist me that knows more about this thing that i'm trying to solve because he'll used to ask uh, his audiences i've got it on recording how many times does the average person try something before they quit and they would holler two, three, in different numbers. He said, no, I said the average. He said the average is less than one because mm-hmm. so many people never even start. Right. So right. when you factor that in. So read Steve Jobs' is, uh, is a biography. Uh, right. He said persistence was his most important quality. In other words, the co-founder of Apple says, when he has an idea, he said persistence was what uh, what was uh, most important uh, uh, to him. And so many people, I guess, and it goes back to a passion. If you have a passion for something or another, a burning desire he don't talk about, you'll develop persistence. I recently yeah, read yeah, that is so true, Don. I mean, I, I people ask me all the time about this show. You know, I was doing podcasts before podcasts were even popular. And they said, how did you hang in there that long? How, you know... Tons of people have gone and fallen before me, um, but it is persistence. It's it's my love for it. I, I love doing this, and I think it's whatever it is that you're doing. And if you love doing it, you just stick at it until you find a better way to do it. We're always looking at ways to find, be innovative, and better ways to do it. And you know that leads me to this part in the book where Napoleon Hill speaks about the golden rule. Uh, but not the one that most of our listeners are familiar with. Um, what are the full depths of the meaning of the golden rule? Because when you look at it in this book and you think about it from other perspectives, um, it gave me a, a new look at the golden rule in this little book that you wrote. Can you make a comment about it for the 
for the listeners? The, the what, at what point? Golden Rule, the chapter where you were talking about the Golden Rule. Um, you know, most of us think it's like the do unto others, but you were commenting in this chapter, what is Napoleon Hill's actual um, theory here around the Golden Rule is what I'm saying. Well, you talk. You talking about the golden rule? Yes, yes, sir. Yeah. Well, you know that's 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 the final section in the in the in his uh uh, uh in the in think in think and grow and grow rich um and um it um uh, it of course you know it goes it go it goes back to it goes back to Bible times and uh, and uh, if you if you use a, a golden rule and you apply it in your life. It'll it'll keep you pretty well straight. I, I mean, um, just just ask yourself a question: Is this the way I would want to be? Uh, is this the way I'd want to be treated? And um, mm-hmm. it's such an important uh, com- concept. At uh, if it's applied in our human and our business relationship, it'll pretty much keep us. It'll pretty much keep us. Uh, it'll pretty much keep us straight. Uh, right. It, it's, it is. It, it's it's not it's not nothing it's not nothing new, but so many people uh, don't practice it. Uh, they try to get ahead by taking uh, taking short taking shortcuts. Yeah, and you know you you just commented on this, Don. That that in Think and Grow Rich, a fear appeared seventy three times. I think you said, and I wanted you to comment on Hill's statement that. The great negative note in the lives of most people is fear. That's what you wrote in this book. We all have lots of fearful people out in the world right now. Um, what would you tell them? I know we asked this question maybe a few minutes ago, and you gave some great advice, but you have a section in this book about it, and it's something that popped out at me because I think it's so significant right now. Your anecdote for it was action. Do you have anything else that you would tell people other than just action to get rid of the fear? Well, uh, the, the the passion part is is, is so Im- important because I think that's what drives us. Just like your idea of on the podcast, if you just had a lukewarm feeling about it and then you tried it and it's uh, wasn't exactly going or whatever. You're just more likely to quit. But um, if you develop a passion for something and other, uh, you'll go to. I said, be a success on on something and other. Just go to bed with it on your mind. Wake up with it on your mind, and and keep it on your mind through the day, through the day. And if you have a passion to that that degree, you won't be. He'll kind of. He talked about uh, having a purpose. Uh, but most people, he he compared them to. We well, said drifters or non-drifters. If you're a non-drifter, you have you have your mind fixed on something or another, a purpose, and you develop the plans and you take action. He said the people that are that are drifters are like tumbleweeds. Every little thing that comes by, they try or, or don't try, and they don't put it. They don't put their persistence and the plans to it, and they go from one thing to another, and then they look back on their life. And it's just a jumbled mess. They've never really, they've never really been successful. And those same people, they develop, they start developing a blame, which he says, which is the first step to failure. 
you start blaming. Well, you could blame this uh, epidemic we got now, this uh, this uh, pandemic, this virus, and that's that make a pretty good excuse. Or you can blame their place you was you was born. You can blame the parents didn't send you to the right schools. The taxes are too high. The wife spends the money. This is a bad location. You can, but you're in trouble. You're in trouble when you start blaming others or other circumstances. I use a quote out of a book and my social media girl made a sign out of it and put it on my wall. It just says simply, if it is to be, it's up to me. Once once we just assume responsibility, build self-reliance, we off to that gone good start of being successful and being one of those people that Jim talked about being the success that most of the world is only going to dream about. I think you're, I think it that statement that your social media girl put up there, if it is to be, it's up to me. It's it's not about looking outside and blaming other people. It's looking inside and seeing what you're doing to create your own circumstances. And at the heart of most personal growth content, that's truly what it's about is, you know, looking at a really hard look at you. What is it that you do? And as you said, not blaming other people, taking action. And in this time when you have fear, that's one of the things that you could do. And that's great advice. You know, Don, I just did an interview with Gay Hendricks about his new book, Conscious Luck, you know, and you comment on what seeing a man grow rich, they say, how lucky he is. What is it about luck and knowing that we will be lucky? that you think Napoleon Hill knew? Well, the, the think and grow rich has um, meant so much to, uh, to so, so many, so many people, uh, you know, a little bit about the history there, cause I'm working on some material, you know, the, the thing that the original title was uh 13 step to riches, which a publisher did not like. And he suggested a title, Use your noodle to get to win your boodle, and uh, and uh, which was which was kind of comical, and that's when he all got to thinking and he went to bed on thinking. He woke up and thought the title thinking, thinking grow rich, and I think the title had a had a lot to grow with success, but if that was all was in it, if there wasn't material that followed that think and grow rich because. Your personal development is a tremendous term because what what we are on the outside, it's simply a reflection of what we become on the inside, and it's and that and that's and that's it, uh, because the outside is a reflection of the inside, good or good or bad, and so the book has such wonderful advice in it, and it's affected so many people that it's just remarkable. I mean. Every day, I, you know, I've run across people in different, like recently, Billy Ray Cyrus. We know this. We, I guess we know a little bit. He's a, he's the father of Millie. But but he also wrote a book called uh, Heal Billy Hart. He was born close by here, thrown out of school for having dogs in the room. He was on a baseball scholarship, wanted to play baseball. But he stopped the help of a gentleman whose car was broke down. And the guy complimented him on a young person stopping to help somebody, asked him to come by his office, gave him his card, and he was a Dr. Bailey. But he gave him Think and Grow Rich, and uh, he was told to read the book. 
And he said he read the chapter on perseverance, and he said it was like a voice spoke to him. It said, Billy Ray, buy you a guitar and start you a band. And he wrote a chapter on that, on persistence. And he said they he started the band, getting maybe $50 a night, but fights break out, guys throwing beer bottles, rough, rough, rough nightclubs. But he come out with that song that the girls like to dance to, uh, uh, Achy Breaky Heart. And of course, with him, we know the rest of the story. But um, but just a w- wonderful example, and and that's one of the aspects from from reading is is to be inspired by how other people uh, written, and then maybe maybe someday, Greg, they'll have a story because we've all got we've all got we've all got stories, uh, but they can use this material to write their own story and to have their own ending. If they apply what they've uh, what they've learned, but you know, every recently, uh, his name Steve Harvey got, came up. You know, if you read Steve Harvey's life, uh, Draymond John, those people on Shark Tank, uh, the the list of people. I mean, uh, even in the ministry, Reverend Charles Stanley says he reads the Think and Grow Rich. We know Billy Graham was a fan of the book. He loved the chapter on going the extra mile, um, which is a story in the Bible about. Uh, Going, going the, going the extra mile. Uh, so, so many people have been affected uh, by the book. If nothing else, to read these books and these great stories of these people that you interview and so forth. To me, well, you know, curiosity well, else. You know what I like about it, Don. You talk about persistence. You know, um, I don't know exactly how many copies of the book were sold when it first came out, but I do know. If you look at any one book over the course of time that, you know, in modern modern time, let's put it that way, probably other than the Bible, <laughs> the Think and Grow Rich is millions and millions of copies. And I get these authors all the time. They come on the show and they want to go to they want to go to New York's time bestseller list in, you know, the first week or whatever. And it isn't about the sprint. It's about the marathon. And one thing I'd like to say about Napoleon Hill's work and the work that you've done at the Institute, or I should say at the nonprofit, is you you create things that have are long lasting. It's about perseverance. And that's what I'd like to ask you here. What would you like to leave the listeners with about this powerful, when I call it a little book? Sometimes the smallest books have the greatest message for us. Many of the little small books that I pick up and I read doesn't matter who the authors are, but they've they've really had to work hard at condensing the wisdom down into uh, into very concise sound bites where people get it. And you and I were talking about that. So, what would you like to leave our listeners with here today about not only the book, the message, but what you'd like for them to actually pull out of this book to help well, them. Some of the stories, but also some of the quotes, because in, you know, in writing this, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't use the books, but you know, we read the magic story and the richest man in Babylon and and so forth. It, in other words, it doesn't has to be, it doesn't have to be a, a, a thousand page books to get a get a message out of it. Um, and of course, and I, I I would like to read the, the anyone's uh, book, and and as I read it, saying, where does this apply to me? And 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 there's something that should jump out at you as as reading a 
of reading a good book, some advice. And, of course, I'm bad to mark my books up, which may not be uh, stories of value of them, I guess, for as a monetary value of them. But, uh, you know, or write little messages down out of a card and carry it, to, and, and carry it with you. I still do it. I still do it, and I've been around a long, long time. But if you only get one nugget out of that thing, uh, out of a book, it's been well worth the money. That is if you take the message and you do something another way. That, that's the important point right there. If you take the message, again, and apply it, do something with it in your life. It doesn't matter whether it is, whether you're an artist or you're an entrepreneur, just do something with it and do something good for you and the world. And that's the message here. And I think that's so important. And that's the message of the foundation. And so for all my listeners, where you want to go is to www.naphill.org. Um, and this is the Napoleon Hill Foundation where Don uh, started it and is running it. You can reach Don or you can write the foundation and Napoleon Hill at U-V-A. W-I-S-E dot E-D-U. That's U-V-A-W-I-S-E dot E-D-U. That's a place where you can actually write. And Don, I know you're there to support people if they're having uh, challenging times. It's a time for them to reach out to the foundation because the foundation does all kinds of things to support people in need. Um, You are such a generous man, and I really appreciate you and the work that you're doing. And more than ever, we need what you are offering in this world today. And um, just blessings to you and the people that are working at the foundation and all the good work. And for all of my listeners, definitely go to the website and look at it. Definitely get this book. We'll have links to Amazon to this book. Don, it's been an honor having you on Inside Personal Growth again, speaking with our listeners about what it is action they can put in their life not to be immobilized by fear and to get the blessings of reading a little book like this, discovering the path to riches, success, Napoleon Hill's work edited by Don Green. Thanks so much, Don, for being on. Thank you, Greg. It's, it's my, my pleasure. And anytime I can help or help someone else, um, you know, at, at uh, my age, I got a little card on my, table where I ate my breakfast and it says simply God show me someone I can help today in Jesus name amen and it's not a day go by that I ask my ask the question I'll have a notion to send someone a book I'll fact is I got a few that I dressed last night and I'll mail them when I go out uh, it uh, every day occurs that we have a chance to uh, to do a good deed with not without thinking of something in return but if we get nothing but the satisfaction that we try to help someone else make a difference in our life, that's a, that's reward. That's reward enough. Amen to that. Thanks, Don.